You're listening to WPPMLP Philadelphia. the radio program that zooms in on what's happening in independent cinema, in moving image culture in Philadelphia and beyond. This morning we'll be joined by the director, uh, the festival director of the Philadelphia Latino Film Festival, Marangali Mehan Rabel. She'll be talking about all the films and programs featured in the upcoming festival opening this Friday, June 2nd. And so to get us in the mood, we're going to be uh, taking a listen to a couple of um, soundtrack songs from various Latin American films from years past. So welcome to Pulling Focus here on WPPM, and we'll be talking soon to festival director Maggie Mejia-Rebel.
quisiera yo morirme sin tener algo contigo. En mi vientre, los segundos pasados, cargados, tatuados en mi espalda, empapados, aunados a espacio. 
sarcasmos de llanto y de risa He andado sin pausa, sin prisa, así de lento el momento Y no termina así de lento, cruzando entre las espinas Dime que se siente, dime que se siente, dime que se siente el sudor en la frente Dime que se siente, dime si presientes, dime que se siente el sudor en la frente Sí señor al sistema y toma mi cuerpo lo hace flotar, respirar y tranquilo, estoy en el sitio como para ir a sembrar un poco y después recogerlo poco a poco llevarlo a mi bodega y ver lo que me interesa, lo bueno lo malo, lo que me en el que ausenta la mantiene Viene, viene, viento, caricias, levedad y sabor, fuego, sonrisa realidad y dolor Sí señor You're listening to Pulling Focus here on WPPM 106.5 in Philadelphia. And that is uh, Si Senor from Control Machete that appeared in the, the soundtrack for the Alejandro uh, Inaritu uh, film Amos Peros that he did back in 2000. Folks may know him also from films such as 21 Grams. Birdman and Revenant. Before that, we heard something from the film Black Orpheus that was directed by the French director Marcel Camus back in uh, 1959. And it that was a beautiful song uh, composed by and performed by uh, Louis Bonfa. And it uh, really sort of became, uh, it gained a, a tremendous amount of popularity and and really was one of the first uh, bossa nova uh, songs to to kind of reach outside of out of Brazil. And then we started the show off with something uh, from the film Dark Side of the Heart, an Argentinian film directed by Elisio Subiela. Folks may also remember his film Man Facing Southeast. Uh, both of those films screened here in Philadelphia uh, at the International House as part of the Latin American Visions uh, Film Festival, and also the Philadelphia Festival World Cinema. The song that we heard there uh, was performed by Mario Marta Serra Lima and the trio Los Panchos. So anyway, you're listening to Pulling Focus. We like to put film soundtracks and sound scores in the foreground and also bring in folks doing great stuff in keeping film culture vibrant here in our city. And I'm really pleased this morning that we're going to be joined by the festival director of the Philadelphia Latino Film Festival, hence our opening set, which was kind of dedicated to um, music from films from Latin America. And definitely want to kind of continue to, uh, to do more research in that area. So if there's films that you're interested in or just want to know more about what we're doing here at Pulling Focus, you can always check us out on our Facebook page. You can Email us, pullingfocusradio at gmail.com, or you can give us a call here in the studio, 215-923-WPPM. Again, I'm your host, Gretchen Clausing, and uh, let me introduce my guest this morning. Really thrilled to be joined in the studio by Marangali Meharabel, or as I know her, Maggie. She has been involved with the Philadelphia Latino Film Festival since uh, 2012 when she joined as a community partner, and then she 
became a board member in 2014, and then festival director in 2015. This is a, a labor of love. It's an all-volunteer effort to bring us this festival every year. She's also the co-founder of Afro Taino Productions that focuses on arts and culture programming, um, sort of multicultural programming. She is the director of uh, Community Economic development at the village of arts humanities and just it's great to have you here just a couple days away from the opening night of the festival she's found some time so welcome absolutely an honor to be here with you and spend some time with your listeners this morning and yes we are absolutely thrilled and excited um everybody who's listening and please everybody tell a friend uh join us on friday june 2nd at 6 30 at the kimmel center for the performing arts for our opening night so this is a, a, a small but mighty festival that <laughs> continues every year. And I was just wondering, you know, why do you think it's important to kind of maintain, you know, because th this is still a relatively new festival. It's only mm -hmm. been around Sorry. since 2012. And, mm -hmm. and uh, why for you is it important that this festival be here in Philadelphia? Because it, it supports us build community for Latino filmmakers in a space that is... Uh, you know, where you don't need to translate, you can just come as you are, emerging or established, and the idea is to really promote that those opportunities for people to connect and really share their work, or people who are inspired by film that may be thinking about potentially exploring it. Uh, one of the things that we have been very mindful about is creating a space for uh, folks that see and want to explore cinema or film as a tool for social change. So we have a platform called Emergence within the festival for the past three years that the idea is to provide a dedicated time for folks to come together who are not, I'm going to be a filmmaker and that's what I am, that didn't come to film through a straight line. Um, and that has had educators, social workers, Actually, we also feature and showcase a collaboration between two artists, a visual artist and a, and a trained classical musician, Daniel De Jesus and David Antonio from New York, who ended up working together in a film. And it's like, they, this was not really what they intended, but as they continue to explore the work, they were like, oh, we're going to work on a film together. And I think that's there's something very magical about that. Um, it's something that, you know, as, as we have the sense of, of being able to access kind of media from all over the world mm -hmm. through our various devices, that piece of bringing community together is not something that you can necessarily do in that sort of same face-to-face -face way. Um, so this emergence showcase and panel, mm -hmm. uh, that's on... On Sunday. On Sunday afternoon. So uh, what's a little bit more? Tell us a little bit more about so that. So this year we're doing something really cool, which is we are bringing two partners, uh, Alex Halkin from the America Media's Initiative, which works with filmmakers coordinating tours and also promoting films. She's done a lot of work with Cuban filmmakers, and it will be the second time that she'll be at the festival. And then Camille Bandenburner, I know that I'm kind of mispronouncing <laughs> her last name, my apologies, but Camille represents this festival in Puerto Rico called Festival, festival Europeo de la Alianza Francesa. So the Alianza Francesa brings films from Europe, obviously with a focus on France, but Camille carved the space within the festival structure to showcase emerging filmmakers from Puerto Rico and do a show, a shorts program or a shorts corner type of thing that then gives them an opportunity to potentially take their work internationally. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of Again, creating that space where uh, we understand the power of film and, you know, part of this work, I know you know this well, is a lot of it is based on relationships and collaborations. And that's at the core of doing this type of work. And we feel it's also important to open the space and show local and regional filmmakers connections to resources, connection to opportunities, connections of, you know, informational models that are replicable and ideas that they can, you know, support them, think out of the box and get their work out there. 
this particular conversation is is pretty timely because <laughs> it's um, there's a, a number of films mm-hmm. in the festival and notably the one by Mickey Cordero on Defend Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And in this sh- emergent showcase, you're kind of looking at the kind of Cuba's current situation and then also using that as, as some type of a correct uh, and, and uh, Mickey uh, yeah. is the third panelist mm-hmm. that it's participating thank you so much for bringing that up and what defend Puerto Rico brings is a multidisciplinary approach it's a multimedia project you have visual artists musicians and filmmakers and other creative and content creators coming together under this umbrella to really bring awareness to the situation in Puerto Rico and really do it in a way and through a process that is rooted in arts and culture. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, and, and some of our listeners may not necessarily be aware of, of all the details of what's happening in Puerto Rico. And I don't want to pretend at all to, to be an expert, but, but uh, the, the, the film defend Puerto Rico, what is that kind of looking at? So it's looking at the financial situation in the Island right now. There's a big, and obviously we don't have uh, enough time. It's a pretty loaded situation as you know, Good, better, indifferent. Puerto Rico is a territory of the U.S. Uh, some of us will say it's a colony. Others will call it an Estado Libre Asociado. But regardless of the term that you use, at the end, bottom line, we're a colony of the U.S. We're a territory of the U.S. And uh, there have been a number of hedge funds that have had some activity in Puerto Rico uh, that has led now our nation with a $73 billion debt that was not incurred by us that was not of our making and that obviously those that got us there understood from the beginning that we will never be in a position to pay off. That has led to a number of things. We're not a state, so there's uh, some discussion and there's a lot of moving parts still today, but there is the situation that we are not, since we're not a state, we couldn't file for bankruptcy. Um, So what does that lead? Uh, And that led to the appointment of a fiscal oversight board, which pretty much has a green light to sell, you know, public land, natural resources, to get really creative as per how we're going to pay that debt. And the people in Puerto Rico are really angry, and rightfully so. Uh, They want that debt audited. So we have a clear understanding of, How did we get here? Who is responsible? And ultimately, we're not even going to get into how much people that are appointed to this fiscal oversight board are earning, right? right? (laughs) Which is a separate conversation. Um, And then there are regulations around the minimum wage for a certain age group uh, going from $7.25 to like $4.25. Nobody can live in that. Yeah, it's insane. so that's why I thought it was really yeah, it's really heavy and and and, and kudos to you to having uh, defend Puerto Rico. I think as being the opening night film and kind of really yeah. setting a tone for the le- kind of the maybe the the level of engagement and discussion that'll happen over the yeah. We want to make sure that we stay we stay at the pulse of what's happening in our communities. Uh, defend Puerto Rico is important for two reasons. Number one, because it shows the power of creatives coming together. And, you know, leading in creating a platform like the, like their project, but also in terms of really keeping our festival, we want to present quality, quality work. Their work is obviously fabulous, mm-hmm. but also stay connected mm-hmm. to what's really impacting the life, the quality of life in our communities. We're also showing a short called Concertinas that touches on the Venezuelan crisis and we definitely were collaborating with Casa de Venezuela. They're engaging a lot of volunteer efforts to send medical supplies to Venezuela. That's also really important to us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we want to have a good time and we want to celebrate the talent and showcase uh, the fabulous filmmakers that our communities have. But we cannot do that without really acknowledging what are the key issues that we need to address mm-hmm. and need to get engaged and aware and involved. Definitely. One thing that I definitely stood out for me was there are a good number of short films that are being showcased in the festival. And also the festival has an, an award, a series of awards, uh, the Lola award that mm-hmm. they give out. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if you could talk about why that commitment to short 
films is important. So a commitment to, to short films because th a lot of emerging artists, that's that's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, their budget limitations to making a feature. Uh, there's also a lot of activity that is multidisciplinary, as I mentioned before. And we want to show local and regional. Uh, we definitely take pride and also want to bring offerings to audiences that wouldn't have a commercial run in the in this market or in this area, but definitely uh, the fact that shorts are also open to the public uh, really supports us in terms of building an audience, in terms of promoting that dialogue, right? So it's come bring a friend, um, you know, for students, for for folks that really are curious but not in a position to really commit to a festival week and come and check us out and we're you know looking at diversifying also our locations this year we're going to do something a little different on saturday morning and we're going to the reading terminal and we're collaborating with the fabulous rub busher and the team at the philadelphia asian american film festival and the folks at the reading terminal and we're doing a screening of something a short film called uh arroz con gandules that really touches on the fusion of Asian and Puerto Rican culture in Hawaii. And of course, we need to accompany that with a food demo um, <laughs> based on the fabulous facilities. And at the Reading Terminal, you got to eat something at yeah. some point. Um, oh, that's awesome. Rob Busher, the director of that festival, he's such a foodie. So that's like... Yes, <laughs> I call him my food Jedi. <laughs> so Whatever that man says to eat, eat. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that's awesome. And what about you have things for well, young people interested in, in film? is that so young people so we're going to be this year where it's the second year um that we are doing youth programming Santa Crespina Flores who's a local filmmaker and is the mastermind of a project called do remember me has uh, is leading this efforts for us and she's doing a fabulous job and Part of it is really building relationships with other uh, collaborators. And this year, we're honored to uh, join forces with Taller Puerto Riqueño and the Edison High School Film Department um, and have been doing programming for a few weeks now. We did an open house at Edison High School so people from that work with other organizations and young people can go check out what they're doing. They're doing great work there. Um, and Taller and its lovely and fabulous new facility, right? Mm -hmm. Such a treat <laughs> for folks to go check out and then get to see exhibits and stuff like that. So we'll be there on Sunday. Um, and we have a, a wonderful Sunday plan for young people. So registration will start at 11 a.m., we will do two workshops. We also want to infuse a component of capacity building into our offerings. And for young people, we're going to have a workshop on character development and mobile filmmaking. You know, the reality is that cell phones now are are the way to go for everything. So uh, figure that will be a good offering and a practical offering for young people. And then we'll go move after lunch. We'll move into a screening of what we call the youth salon where you will have the winner, the honorable mention, but also 10 short films locally produced by young people that will be screened at three o'clock. And that's open to the public as well. So young people come for the capacity building piece, then they can bring their parents, their friends, their neighbors. And then after that, everybody who participates in the youth salon will be treated to uh come and join us for the closing film at the Kimmel Center. Okay, so yeah, let's um, let's talk a little bit about more um, some of the other feature films that are in the festival, and, and just let me reintroduce you as we're doing this. So mm -hmm. thrilled to be joined this morning <laughs> by Maggie Maya Rebel. Uh, she's the festival director of Philadelphia Latino Film Festival that's going to be uh, opening on Friday, June 2nd and running through Sunday, June 4th. So, yeah, let's uh, talk about a couple. I know we'll, we'll save uh, talking about the closing night film, but are there any, um, is there anything you want to talk about? Uh, Flor, Flor de Azúcar is yeah. a film that comes to us from the Dominican Republic that was actually submitted to the Academy for consideration for Best Foreign Film. And as you know, that's a very, that's a highly competitive uh, process. And even though it did not get to score a nomination, it ranked pretty highly. Um, and it's been, you know, it touches on on a, on a period in, in Dominican history that it's uh, kind of heavy, um, but does it 
in a beautiful way. And it centers really in the impact of these realities on a family, which makes it more, you know, gives us more of a, a mass appeal in terms of an audience. If you're not a history buff, then you can definitely relate to a young couple and their children and just the day-to-day uh, challenges that they had to embrace and how, to, how they navigated them. In looking at the festival, one thing that stuck out for me, again, hosting a radio show where I'm interested in kind of playing soundtrack and sound score music in addition to talking about film, I saw that there are a number of films that um, mm-hmm. that kind of relate to music. There's a, a film about a Cuban casino, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I guess, a, a form of salsa mm-hmm. and dancing, dancing in sort of public spaces. There's a film, I think, from Honduras. Olancho, who's our Lola winner. Uh, this year and it really it captures the the story or it shares the story of this performer who was uh you know well known for his narco corridos but how you know engaging in that genre <laughs> tell just for our listening audience what are narco corridos so corridos are a type of you know a genre of music and narco corridos obviously narco being uh those that are more um connected in terms of uh they're written focusing on drug cartel activities or narco activities in honduras and honduras has a very high uh, murder rate as well, which is something that it's like, mm, mm-hmm. we don't talk about it too much. <laughs> and we felt, you know, this uh, this team in this film did a wonderful job of really capturing the contradictions that are present in Honduras, where, you know, you have such a, a, a lovely country and wonderful people, and then you have this other group of folks and all the violence that comes as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, it a do- is it a documentary or is it a fiction film? It's a documentary. Okay. So there's there's the performer that is now somewhere else mm-hmm. uh, as a result of having to make a decision. It's It's... <laughs> It's pretty heavy, um, and it's a wonderful. And for us at FLAF, I can tell you, it really uh, rocked and even led to the change of the Lola um, requirements. Mm-hmm. So we are now uh, open. Lola was historically limited to shorts, mm-hmm. part of our commitment to shorts, but mm-hmm. folks have continued to submit features, and mm-hmm. we are, you know, part of our growth is really listening to our community and mm-hmm. being, you know, responsive to their wants and needs. So this year we are expanding. So from now on, Lola will be open to both shorts and, and features. And we have actually one, two honorable mentions, a monger that comes to us from Argentina that will play and it will be open to the public right before Olancho and then friendship that comes right before uh, monger. So you have a whole treat of an afternoon that you can come and enjoy and you will get to see three of the Lola offerings. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the youth salon on the three o'clock Sunday screening, you will begin with the winner and the honorable mention. And then we'll go into 10 more treats. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the closing night film. Uh, (laughs) You know, so uh, I remember you even, you know, talking to me about your hopes of being able to screen this. Uh, And and again, it it is, has a direct connection to to music. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, um, uh, so yeah, tell us, tell us about uh, Residente. Residente. Residente is uh, this uh, wonderful journey taken by René Pérez Joglar, also known as Residente, the lead uh, of Calle 13, um, which is a band that really rocked uh, Latin America and has rocked internationally, not only because of how their propuesta, right, their, their platform is really to play a variety of genres. They are not defined. A lot of people will say, and, and actually my partner will say that they're the Latino American U2, if you were to compare in terms of who they are. But René did something very uh, courageous. Um, at the height of their multiviral tour, which, you know, through my work with Afrotaino, we were proud to present in Philadelphia for the, their only concert in Philly, he opted to take a break. He was like, you know, 
this is really good. We've been touring for 10 years nonstop. Um, we need to like take a step back. And as an artist, he wanted to really challenge himself. And at some point he had taken a DNA test and he was like, hmm, let me start looking at those results again. And when I say that he was courageous, it's not only about taking, you're at the height of your career and you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I'm not, I'm going to stop doing that. That is a courageous act. But the way that he embraced this DNA test was to pack a bag and go to every corner that was included in his DNA, every country and visit and not visit and go to a hotel and, you know, take the easy way out. It's just to build with community, to go with a really grassroots approach and really go and connect with performers, understand the culture, immerse himself and record an album, uh, which is really phenomenal and document the process at the same time. So yes, <laughs> uh, for, and you know, Ren is somebody that it's very special in a lot of ways. His lyrical content, he's often, a lot of times, more, more often than I would like, criticize. He's very, a person that is really in your face, that it's really, he'll say, you know, I'm very transparent. All you need to look is into my eyes and you see who I am. Uh, but I will say, I am 49 now. For me, that lyricist growing up was Ruben Blades, mm -hmm. who was the man that really, oh, uh, that I listened to when I was 10 years old. And I was like, oh, okay. He's telling me something that I have to pay attention to. And Rene is that person for the younger generation. And, you know, his domain of the language and the way he makes it fun and entertaining and you're laughing, but he's just slapping you and reading you and telling you so many things that we really need to hear. It's really amazing. It, he's really, you know, and, I, and I'm proud of him, obviously, first and foremost, as a Puerto Rican, but definitely as a Latina and definitely just as an adult. Mm -hmm. he, he's just a man who's really committed to, to bringing change, to using his gift uh, to serve others. Uh, and the film is just something else so and I felt the, it was really important to share it with with audiences especially with young people we're at such a critical point in history where everybody's talking about how different we are from each other mm -hmm. uh, how much we disagree with each other how much you know some are better than others all this other stuff that is just really nonsense and he makes a really st a statement tracing his roots but then at the end saying you know we think we're so big and we're just like a speck in this big thing and I think he makes he brings that full circle by his journey and the collaboration with folks there are a lot of things that we are not used to and you know part of one of the areas where he travels he goes into a place that has been at war for a long period of time that's something that we cannot relate to children that are born and raised in a territory that has been at war since they opened their eyes it it it's humbling mm -hmm. <laughs> and really shows us you know that even when that there are different levels of privilege in life <laughs> and that uh you know there's also a sense of responsibility that based on what's happening around us we got to kind of get moving and really take our role as agents of change in our communities very seriously at all levels. Mm -hmm. You can be an agent of change with your family, at your job. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you have to go march. It doesn't. It's how you carry. It's like being a lot of times. Sorry, I'm going to go there. But a lot of people talk a lot of times about faith and Christianity and all that. And it's like you show who you are, not by kneeling, praying. That's part of it. It's by how you carry yourself. Exactly. That's where you show what you're made of. Well, and hopefully that's something that folks will carry with them as Absolutely. the closing night film of the festival. Yes. So tell folks how they can find out more information about the Philadelphia Latino Film Festival. So you can definitely uh, check our website at www.phlaff.org or you can check us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Um, our venues also, you can also contact the Kimmel Center. If you want any information on our opening or closing night. Um, and we're, you know, 
we're just this is a labor of love and i i want to you know give a shout out to the creative team and all of our supporters you know as as gretchen said we're small but mighty <laughs> but we are so blessed to have such a talented group of people and have great collaborators and supporters like philly cam and gretchen so thankful well, well, to thank be here thank you so much for making the time i know you have so much to do this week um but anyway, I'm looking forward to the festival. Yes. And so we figured it would be good to maybe go out on um, some music from Resident, from the film, uh, mm -hmm. and the album that came out of it. And this is Apocalipto. Apocalyptico. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Se derrumba el paisaje y no haya pista para el aterrizaje Y los milagros ya no salven gente Porque los santos se tiraron de un puente Cuando el clima pierde el control Y se le queme la piel al sol Cuando la arena se quede sola Y el océano se ahogue con sus propias olas Cuando se sacuda el suelo Y las nubes se caigan del cielo Y los árboles estén de rodillas Con los troncos flacos enseñando las costillas Cuando no queden rastros ni huellas Y la luna se estrelle contra las estrellas Y se rompa lo que ya estaba roto Aquí estaremos nosotros. Casi nada y el día nos regale su última mirada Y no hayan hojas para soplar el viento Y la historia pierda el conocimiento Cuando la lluvia se deshidrate Y antes de llegar al piso se mate Cuando el paracaídas no abra Cuando las letras no formen palabras Cuando las plantas mueran Y mientras duermen la carne se enferme Cuando se derrite el polo norte Cuando los números no importen Y los barcos no floten Y los aviones choquen contra los trenes Y exploten y los animales se coman entre ellos Y las religiones se arranquen en los cuellos cuando las banderas se prendan en fuego y todo pase ahora y nada pase luego y se acaben los segundos y las manos del tiempo ahorquen al mundo cuando todo vaya más despacio cuando la materia ya no ocupe espacio y la gravedad se asuste y salgamos volando ya yeah, aquí estaremos esperando <tose>
You're listening to Pulling Focus here on WPPM 106.5 FM. This is a song, Apocalypto, by Resident, featured in the film of the same name and the soundtrack from the closing night film that's going to be showing uh, this Sunday evening at the Kimmel Center as part of the Philadelphia Latino Film Festival thrilled to have been able to have an opportunity to speak with festival director uh, Morangali Meharabel. And yeah, if you want to check out more about the festival, you can go to flaff, P-H-L-A-F-F dot O-R-G. Again, my name's Gretchen Clausing. I'm your host here on Pulling Focus. And we have um, a couple other things lined up uh, this morning. I, I heard the news last week that um, the author Dennis Johnson had passed away, and that made me think about a film I had seen a few years ago. Dennis Johnson, uh, the acclaimed uh, author and poet, passed away at the age of 67. He was sort of best known for a classic short story collection called Jesus' Son that won the National Book Award, and he... Uh, his work has often been compared to uh, kind of Raymond Carver and, and William Burroughs. And, and that made me realize that I had a, I had the soundtrack for Jesus' Son. It was a film directed by a Canadian film director, Alison McLean. She actually uh, showed a number of her films here in Philadelphia. I, I have a very vivid image of her short film, Kitchen Sink, that she made in 1989. And it... Uh, won a, a, a claim at the Cannes Film Festival. And then she came uh, the fo- uh, in 1999 to screen Jesus' Son that, that starred uh, Billy Crudup. So in uh, kind of remembering Dennis Johnson and, and, uh, and his, his, his writing, figured we would uh, take a listen to, to something from Jesus' Son. Yeah. 
Horn performing Good for Nothing Joe from the soundtrack of Stormy Weather. Thought I'd play a little bit of Lena Horn in advance of an event that's going to be done here in Philadelphia by Real Black Films. They're going to be screening a documentary about Lena Horn. Lena Horn uh, was an American jazz and pop singer, dancer, actress, and, and civil rights activist. Her career spanned over 70 years. She kind of didn't perform in that many films. We also know her uh, very well from Cabin in the Sky, but she kind of turned her back on Hollywood and, and as a result of her political activism was was really blacklisted and unable to get work. Real Black is going to be screening the documentary The Lady and Her Music, and that's going to be taking place on June 9th, and you can uh, find out more about that at realblack.com. It'll be taking place at, at their kind of regular venue, the United Bank Building at 3750 uh, Lancaster Avenue. And you're listening to Pulling Focus here on, on uh, Philly Cam Radio, WPPM. I'm your host, Gretchen Clausing. If you want to listen to past Pulling Focus shows, you can go to our Mixcloud page. You can also like us on Facebook, check out Pulling Focus. And if you have any suggestions for future guests or themes or, or sound scores or soundtracks you'd like to hear, you can always email us at pullingfocusradio at gmail.com. Another kind of interesting little thing that uh, uh, came across in the news that I thought I might play something from is uh, over the weekend, filmgoers had a, a final opportunity to enjoy a precious artifact from New York City's post-punk culture, and that was to attend a screening of the only uh, surviving 35-millimeter print of Slaka Tuskerman's 1982 cult film, Liquid Sky. There were two public screenings of the film at the Quad Cinema before it was permanently retired. It's um, been a deteriorating print from his private collection, and it's really the only legal way to see that film. It has never been released on DVD or Blu-ray or have a streaming release or anything like that. So this was, I'm sure, um, I would <laughs> I would love to see some photos from, from the screening. I'm sure there were people that we're paying homage to the incredible uh, costumes and and uh, just fashion 
that has certainly influenced uh, the likes of, of Lady Gaga and Sia and others. So anyway, to um, Slava, the Tuskerman also did the uh, electronic kind of new wave soundtrack. So we're just going to give a, a little listen to that here on uh, Pulling Focus this morning. So that was, uh, as I mentioned, some music from the film The Sky. You've been listening to Pulling Focus. Having the show next time. We're going to be doing a special show uh, as part of WPPM's first ever online and, and on air fun drive. And I'm really excited that I'm going to be having a special guest who really inspired this show uh, joining us uh, in the studio. So again, thanks for listening to Pulling Focus. Until next time.